Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Kevin and I are here today with Pastor Joel Goddard, our senior worship pastor. Give him a hand, everybody. (laughs) Senior. Senior. (laughs) Senior A fellow senior in the room. Yes. (laughs) I feel so young all of a sudden. This is is great. I love this. My favorite podcast so far. Um, So as our church has grown, uh, we've got a lot of new people coming to Bethlehem. Um, they may, you know, they see you, they see Shevis leading worship, they see all the different worship leaders here at Bethlehem. And so we kind of wanted to just touch base and, and talk to you. It's been a minute since you've been on the podcast Mm. and just talk about, um, really your role here at Bethlehem and really the why of worship, what it is, what is worship and why do we do it? Yeah. Well, you know, a little history when I was on the road for 15 years, Hmm. uh, going to all kinds of different churches, all kinds of different denominations, um, pretty much snake handling to Catholic kind of things. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so I learned a lot and you live to tell. (laughs) Yes. Experienced a lot. And so, um, when the Lord began to, um, speak to us about coming to Bethlehem, we, I kind of had this mindset of um, I know what to do because mm-hmm. I've 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 been all these different places for 15 years, so I know what we should do. Yeah, I learned real very quickly that <laughs> I, I I still don't know what yeah. I'm doing, but the Lord gave me favor, um, and the main one was before I would say yes to coming to Bethlehem, I told the pastor at the time his name is Jody Heiss that I wanted to meet with the senior adults first, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, uh, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and I said, I do. I said, I'm not saying yes until I meet with them. Mm. And so they set up a meeting. Me and Stacy, my wife, went um, and we met in the hangar, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. And What year was that? Uh, this would be 18 years ago. Wow. Um, and we, uh, 80 senior adults. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in the door, one of the senior adults was waiting at the door. And she said, I'm so glad that you called this meeting because we have questions for you. And I felt all the blood just drain (laughs) out of my body. Like, I just got really nervous. And I was like, oh, gosh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. I'm about to get jumped. That's how I felt. (laughs) And uh, they immediately, there was no pre, there's no, hey, this is, it was immediate started these questions. And they, they really started hammering down on, are we still going to do hymns? Um, Why do we keep singing these songs where you sing the same thing over and over and over again? Um, And it was that line of questions. Yeah. And uh, I was feeling overwhelmed and I was trying to be as humble and honoring as I could when I answered their questions. Uh, But it got to a point where I, I didn't know what to do. And Stacy who never really, I don't think up until that point, ever volunteered to say anything, mm-hmm. just walked up and said, give me the microphone. And she 
pretty much in a very kind way just said, um, listen to him. Mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of questions, but let him speak. Yeah. Let him say, talk to you. Yeah. And so they calmed down and um, I, I was just reeling in my head trying to figure out what to say. And so the first thing I said was, I want to reach your grandkids. Mm. And the whole room got really quiet. That's cool. And I said, do your grandkids want to be here? And you could tell it hit a nerve with them where they were thinking, my grandkids don't want to go here. And I said, I know that if I'm the guy that's supposed to be here, I'm going to do things you don't like. I'm going to do songs you don't like. It's going to be loud. There's going to be instruments you don't like. I said, but I refuse to say yes unless I know that you, I have your support. Yeah that you're with me so that we can reach them, so that we can reach this community. And one of the men uh, stood up and said, um, and he was very emotional and said, you've bridged one of the biggest gaps in this church with one meeting, (laughs) and we're thankful. He said, I'm with you. And so then they had Stacy and I come into the middle, and they laid hands on us, and they prayed for us. Wow. And... Since that time, they have have not liked pretty much anything I've done. <laughs> so really? it, it didn't change anything. It, it's not like they all of a sudden got excited. But what I started doing mm-hmm. was I would go to their Thursday lunch, mm-hmm. and I would sing some hymns and, and some Southern gospel songs, but then I would teach them the new songs we were going to be doing. And so they felt a part of the process. Okay. And they would actually be the ones walking around church going, wait, do you hear this new song we're doing? Wow. Because they felt like they were a part of what we were doing. And all of that sounds like I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was totally the Lord. Like, it seems like it was on purpose, but it was not. Like, it was, I was just kind of doing, trying to find favor with them, and it just turned into that. That's awesome. And <clears throat> so I started talking to them about worship and talking to them about um, what worship means to me, and that it's not about a style. And if there's anybody that understood that transition, it would be them that, Mm -hmm. are you still able to worship the Lord if I'm not doing your favorite hymn? And if it's with instruments that you're not used to or all of those things. Um, That was kind of the beginning of that trickling over into the rest of the church. And we just started the basics of what worship is and um and and it's really difficult to be a worship leader because that title means you do music which music is only a very small part of what worship is Mm -hmm. but that's the expectation of your job and your position so you're having to steer people away while at the same uh, away from music being worship while at the same time leading people in worship with music yeah. And so through the years, and this is the thing I feel like important for us to do this podcast. And I just want to say for the people listening, mm-hmm. how grateful I am for you and how grateful I am to be a part of what God is doing at Bethlehem. But just you personally, I know that if you're listening to this, that you have a desire to grow and you have a desire to pursue holiness and to know God. And, you know, I always picture when we do things like this, uh, there's somebody on a treadmill right now. There's somebody sitting at home in their kitchen, driving down the road. I think of all of that and just how grateful I am for you and to get to do this with you in this process. But 
through one of the things that I learned is that I finally came up with a definition that actually encompasses what I think worship is. Mm -hmm. And so here's my definition. Worship is looking for God in everything. Hmm. And that that helps put it all in one thing for me, yeah. where it doesn't put it in a box of music and all those different things. It really is. Worship is from the moment you wake up till the time you go to bed, looking mm-hmm. for God in every moment, every that. conversation, every person you're behind in Publix, every person you're on the treadmill next to right now, yeah. you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, that God is in those moments. And and when you live your life looking for him in all those moments, mm-hmm. it's just fun. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And I will say this too, it's very inconveniencing. <laughs> when you look for God in everything, you have to set aside what you want to do mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> actually part of the process, the sacrifice of following God and doing what he's called us to do. And our church has grown so much in the last few years that you know, there was a time where we really spent a lot of time implementing and talking and practicing what worship is, but we've got a whole new group yeah, yeah. and new people at our church who have not learned that. And so their only experience, unless they're listening to other things, um, experience of what worship is, is what they see us doing on Sundays, mm-hmm. singing some songs with some lights and sound. Yeah. And that is not just uh, what worship is. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take time as we do this yeah. to be able to speak that into who Bethlehem is mm-hmm. um, because we we do it on a regular basis with our worship leaders and our musicians, but to kind of do a relaunch mm-hmm. with Bethlehem as far as who we are as worshipers yeah. and and the why we, why we yeah. worship. So why is that? I love that, your definition of worship is to see God in everything. Yeah. Did I say that right? Look for God in everything. Look for God in everything. Why is that so important? I think um, I I grew up seeing God as boring because God was was only services, stale prayers. Yeah, um, far away, sitting up in a throne somewhere. Yeah, and then do the do's and don't list. Yeah, wow. And we miss out on the the uh, uh, who God is mm. when we don't look for Him in everything, because mm. He is. He is in everything. He's speaking. There are mm. things that He wants us to do if we would just look for Him in everything. Yeah. And the reason I like the definition is because sometimes it feels overwhelming when you read a scripture that says "pray without ceasing." Yeah. How do you do that? How do you pray without ceasing? Mm-hmm. And it helps when you see the definition of worship being looking for God in everything, mm-hmm. because looking for God in everything is prayer, yeah. is yeah. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to speak to this person? Should I pay for their groceries? Do I just go up and encourage this person? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Do yeah. I go to work? Do I walk this way? Do All of those moments and mm-hmm. things. And when you learn to welcome God's interruptions, that's when you get all these really awesome stories. Yeah. Because sure. that's the thing, people have always, when people describe me, they always talk about, I'm a story guy, mm-hmm. and I always have <clears throat> crazy stories of things that happen, <laughs> and I hear that, and it's encouraging, but to me, I always hear that with one ear, but I also hear it for other people going, 
that we all should have stories right. on a regular basis because we're looking for him in everything, everything we do. That's right. That's good. I love the when you look for him and then you see him and then you acknowledge him. That's worship. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, from from the moment you wake up. And that to me, that really changes the 20 minutes that we have to sing yes. in our worship time yeah. yes. together. Yes. Um, when you have gone through the week and you have acknowledged, you've looked and acknowledged God and everything. That then you come in with a different expectation um, of wor- of corporate worship of worshiping people together. That, yes. that makes it a whole lot. And and you know we've been in rooms, including this room. We're right next to the to the uh, north, north venue. venue. Yeah. Um, we've been in rooms, including this one, where you can sense that people came who have experienced God's presence yeah. that week, and it doesn't it transforms that experience. And so for a church. One of our hopes for everybody who who becomes a part of, of the family of, of Bethlehem Church, one of our hopes for them is that they would grow to become a worshiper because yeah. a worshiper would be part of the definition of, of a follower of Christ. Yes. And yeah. that whole idea of acknowledging God, looking for God and everything. Yes. Um, that We hope that for you if yes. you're listening. We hope that for every single person who calls Bethlehem Church home who is a part of this family. And when we do that, it changes what happens here in our church, and mm-hmm. we've experienced it. We are continuing to experience, mm-hmm. continuing to experience it. Um, but a lot of what you're saying is true. There's so many new people, like that doesn't just happen. That happens because we have people who are waking up looking for God, and they're seeking Him, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. finding Him. Not because they're good at finding Him, but because He's good at revealing Himself. Mm-hmm. And then they're acknowledging it. And that when they look for Him and they acknowledge Him, man, it changes everything. It sure yeah. does. It's great. You know what I love is that when we learn to practice looking for God in everything, it makes Sundays so much more fun. Because then you come into a room full of people who have been looking for God in everything, Mm -hmm. and then they all connect, and they stand shoulder to shoulder, Mm -hmm. and they worship. And they sing songs that connect because of what they have experienced during that week. And when we all come in one room, that's what makes... If worshiping God was just the what we do on Sunday, our our worship leaders and musicians would revolt because we only have twenty minutes. Right. I mean, we we'd lose everybody. It's not about that, and they know that. We understand that there are people coming in who have been looking for God in everything, and sometimes looking for God in some of the moments in their week have not been the most fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've been going through difficult things. They got bad news, finances, relationships. We know they're doing that. But when you put all those people in the same room and faith rises and people begin to declare the truths of God, God begins to heal. God begins to give peace. Uh, where they didn't have it before, they look around and go, okay, they they made it through that. I can too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes that corporate worship, singing those songs together so powerful. One of the only things we do on earth that we will continue to do in heaven is sing to yeah. God. Yeah. And in fact, in Revelation, this is one of the scriptures that really, because of being a musician, hits deep with me. Revelation says that there will be no music in hell. Hmm. No music wow. in hell. Huh. That is crazy to me. Yeah. And it actually also shows the difference between heaven and hell, mm-hmm. that when we get to heaven, music and worshiping <laughs> God, singing these songs, uh, there's power to that. And uh, I wow. think it's what makes that corporate worship 
so good to me. Yeah. So it creates momentum too. So you yeah. come in, let's say you've had a really difficult week and you have, you've been looking for God and everything mm-hmm. and you've seen him in it, but it's been tough. Mm-hmm. And then you get together in a room with other people who have been looking for God and everything. And it creates that momentum. It's the, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here that, that it just pushes you out the door mm-hmm. to keep looking for God and everything. Yes. Um, so it's not just a re- it's not just a response to what happened in the week. It pushes you to the next week. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, that's why corporate worship is so important. Yes, yeah. it is. I'm hearing too, <clears throat> Joel, just when you talked about how you grew up with a, with an idea that God was boring. Like how many people are walking in here with that same, mm. I just, I love that you said that because I think a lot of people will be able to connect with that. Oh yeah. They grew up in church or they had their parents, maybe their parents' religion or whatever. But, you know, especially here in the South, I think that's the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so, but when you are teaching people to, and encouraging them to look for God in everything, it brings that, what what seemed so far away really close. Yes. Up close and personal. And that's who he is. That's mm-hmm. who Jesus is an up close, personal, intimate God. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, when I see you guys do such a great job of, of doing that, just as we worship, Jesus is right there. He's walking with you. He's walking through these hard things that you've been dealing with and just kind of teaching our, our people to turn their eyes and look, look for that. Yes. Look for him. Yeah. And our, I hate the platform Yeah, yeah. because it elevates us and it makes it seem like we got it figured out and we're helping you. But all of us are walking into that room with the same thing. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are coming in, working through things from their week, Mm -hmm. myself included. So (laughs) that's that. and, and, And part of even what we do as worship leaders and musicians is that while we're doing songs, you know, and that's why it's always important that they're out talking to mm-hmm. people is because we're looking through the crowd and I, I, I'll i catch a glimpse of someone that I spoke to that week and I know what they're going through and I'll sing a line going, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I know what you're, yeah. I know what this line means to you wow. to be able to say, um, so I throw up my hands mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and praise you again. Like the choice that when God's people come together and worship him in spite of things that we're going through or celebrating the good things that we're going through, Mm -hmm. to me, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. What would you say to help encourage uh, someone who's new to worship and kind of uncomfortable with it, Um, uncomfortable with the the outward expression of it? Yeah. They come in and that, well, I can't sing. Yeah. Or, you know, why are people lifting their hands? Yeah. And, you know, you've addressed that from the stage before. Oh, yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about those, you know, to those that, that you know, they don't really see, like, I can just stand and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Why do we, why do we, why should we participate in it? Mm. There's not one verse in the Bible that says sitting is a form of worship. <laughs> and um, there are many moments where people sat. Yeah. Yeah. but not as a form of worship. Wow. And, you know, I I mm. didn't really do a deep dive into uh, what the Bible says about worship until college. And as I began to read through and look at the external forms of worship, yeah. um, as far as standing as a form of worship, uh, getting on your knees, mm-hmm. raising your hands, lifting your voice, shouting, um, these are all form of worships, the forms of worship. The most common form of worship in the Bible is actually laying on your fra- yeah. on your face 
uh, prostrate before the yeah, Lord. Yeah. And the actual translation of that is not holding yourself up in any area of your body. Yeah. You just laid flat out. When's the last time we've seen somebody do that? You know, <laughs> and yeah. all those different external forms of worship. Um, sometimes um, I've had I've had people say things to me like, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord to tell me mm-hmm. to lift my hands or mm. to do those things. And my response to that, as lovingly as I can say, is he already did. Mm-hmm. He, he, he told us in the Bible what worship is and, and, and what pleases him. Yeah. And, I, I, and when you look at those forms of worship, uh, none of them are comfortable. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not about our comfort. Yeah. They're about us making a choice to do something that maybe no one else is doing, but it helps take your all the things going on in your mind and on your heart and on your shoulders and saying, Lord, I'm just going to lift my hands to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many people have heard me talk about this, but when just even the simple of lifting your hands, yeah, you know, there's three ways I look at it. If your hands are in the air that, you know, it's like, Lord, I receive what you're doing, mm-hmm. what you're saying. Um, or if somebody were to, uh, come and uh, stick a gun in your back, for instance, and Lord, I surrender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then to me, my favorite, and we talked about this at the men's event last weekend, my favorite w- is like when my kids would come up to me, yes. hold their hands up and say, pick me up. Yeah. And that's some of the things I think when I when I do those things mm-hmm. or like getting on my knees. There's many uh, moments where I, I don't need to be standing right now. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the presence of the creator of the universe mm-hmm. and just standing here is not enough. Wow. You know, it's crazy, but I get um, emails from time to time about the way some of our team worships <laughs> that it's distracting. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, address this. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a great um, opportunity. Yeah. To do that. Because um first of all, if you are distracted by someone else's worship, yeah. you're not worshiping. Mm, mm. Uh second of all, and, and I've had this conversation, I've had people come up and say, you know, the way this person worships really is distracting and and all this and and I always go, oh, so you don't know them. Mm. Because if you knew them, yeah. you knew their past yeah. and how redeemed they are. Yeah because of what God has done in their life, you would have no problem watching them worship the way they worship. Because those forgiven much, love much. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, man, um, I want to see that more in the body, not just in people on the platform, but people in the congregation saying, you know Mm -hmm. what? With what he's done for me, the least I can do is dance. That's right. The least I can do is lift my hands, lift my head, shout, clap my hands. These are all forms of worship that happened in in the church. It also is is evidenced in scripture when David danced before the Lord. Yes. And uh, you know, was criticized by his own his his own wife. So, but yeah, that's that's good. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because his wife, her name was Michael. Mm -hmm. She's um up in a tower, looking at her husband dance. Yeah, looking and down on yes, him. Yes, David's throwing bread out. He, they're celebrating, <laughs> bringing the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. And it's interesting when David comes home off of this incredible high, bringing the presence of God into mm-hmm. Jerusalem, putting it in his backyard in a tent, and he comes in and his wife's mad at him. Hmm. 
which that happens a lot. <laughs> you know, you have those moments, those yeah. times where just God moved. And then the next thing that happens is you take a lick. Uh, Somebody doesn't like it. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. upset with it. <clears throat> so he comes home to his wife saying, you made a fool of yourself. You even took your royal outside garments off. And there were women around. Hmm. And you made a fool of yourself as you embarrassed me. You embarrassed God. You embarrassed Jerusalem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And David's response was, oh, you ain't seen nothing I yet. I will be more undignified. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you hang around. Because of what he's done for me, it. I'll do even more. But yeah. this is the verse that gets me. The very next line says, and Michael was made barren for the rest of her life. Oh. Because of her mm -hmm. looking at David's worship and judging it, hmm. God made her barren the rest mm -hmm. of her life. Mm. and. I see it in the church. People who have judged other people's worship for so long, they become barren spiritually. Wow. They become wow. dead yeah. on the inside, and they sit and police and look at other people's worship when all the while all God wants is them mm -hmm. and a relationship with them and wants their heart and, and to be able to communicate and have a relationship with them. That's good, Joel. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Let, wow. me, let me dig into that then just a tad. Um, because David was doing it before the Lord, period. Yes. There yeah. was no other audience for him. Yeah. You and I have been around church enough to know that sometimes, and I, this is this is gonna sound judgmental. Oh, I'm with you. So, so let me let me just say inside of me, there have been times that I have raised my hands so that people around me would look at me raising my hands, mm -hmm. which is the opposite of worshiping God. It's mm -hmm. worshiping me. Mm -hmm. So help help me mm -hmm. help people who are listening going, how how do I Make sure that I am in the right heart and the right frame of mind to worship God and not let other pe not let people see me. That's good. That's good I question. think that is why many people don't worship the Lord that way, for fear that people are looking at them like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I, I don't I, disagree. I, and and I think there's sometimes it is there. Yeah. Mm. And how do we how do we help our people? check that spirit, um, and still worship. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always go back to Paul going, um, you know, people are upset about this person's preaching this way, this person's <laughs> preaching this way, but yeah. they're preaching Jesus to so leave them alone. <laughs> and like, for me, it's like, I've seen it. I know exactly what you're talking about where mm -hmm. people do look at me worship and look how spiritual I am. And they draw attention to themselves. They have to be somewhere to be seen. I get that. I think in those moments, um, I just have to make a choice to go, well, I'm doing the same thing I was just talking about. I'm mm -hmm. looking at them going, gosh, you know, that's drawing attention to themselves. And I've been wrong too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, I've been in situations where I've seen worship and think they're just drawing attention to themselves and then find out their story and go, gosh, I was wrong. You so know? if I feel that way about myself, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm looking at them. I'm saying I'm looking at me going, yeah. I got my hands up because I want people to see me. Um, or I, like there is a repentance and confession piece that needs to just happen right then. Yeah. And, and it may be quite appropriate that God says, just stay right there. Yeah. Mm. You sing, I just want, I just want your presence. Yes. Um, and so don't be afraid. Like, I guess my encouragement is if God leads you to raise your hands, raise your hands. Yeah. If there's a check there that he says, I just want you to, to just keep your hands in your pockets for now. Um, and, and I just want you to worship me then don't be disobedient in that. Totally. Um, I think there's, you know, I just have, for me, I have to go, okay, Lord, 
I'm not in the right spot here. Yeah. I, I, cre- I, I know when that pride's coming out, mm-hmm. it creeps in there and I yeah. catch it. And, and so Lord help me, um, to be obedient. That, and that would be in, in my worship, help me to be obedient to you and yeah. respond in the right way. Yeah. I, I've been, and I've known people. I remember singing at a church one time and there was a lady on the front and she was probably close to 90 and didn't move, didn't stand when anybody stood, didn't do anything. Um, uh, but afterwards they asked her to pray at the end. And as soon as she opened her mouth, it was like God was waiting on her to say something. Hmm. And the presence of the Lord was so strong in the room. And, uh, I remember even talking with her after, and she spoke so many awesome things to me. And, you know, there are those there, you, you cannot judge someone's relationship with the Lord based right. off what they do externally or don't do. Yeah. 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 Or don't so do. True. I think for me, it's, it's talking to people that may have grown up the way I did, where that was looked at as charismatic or unbiblical. Mm-hmm. And it's just good to know you have permission to do that. And here, here's, here's the, the, the best way to check yourself. If you don't do these things in your own time with the Lord, don't do them in front of people. That's a great word. So that's that's big to me. I'm not going to lift my hands in front of people if I'm not doing it in my own time with the Lord mm-hmm. because it should not be any different. And if you're practicing that in your own secret place time with the Lord, yeah. it stays connected to that when other people are around. And when you are looking for God in everything, you will find yourself in awe. Yes. Those moments in your car where you realize you just saw God move in a really powerful way. Yes. Or early in the morning when you're reading scripture and realize you just experienced God move. You see him in everything, that changes it all. It does. Yeah. It does. This is so um, I'm glad we're talking about this because it it's uh how do you how would you for the people that are listening to this and they come on Sundays and they're new to worship and they're kind of getting getting into that, but maybe want to take it to a more private, like they want to start doing this privately. So there's the corporate worship. How would you instruct someone who, I mean, that may feel totally, if corporate worship feels weird, Mm -hmm. you know, private worship to them may feel totally like foreign. Yes. You know, so what, what kind of, Teach us how to what 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 would you say to that person that wants to maybe worship more in their private lives and yes. in, in their quiet quiet time? So with glad you asked. So, um, Jesus in one of his sermons repeated himself three times. Mm. If he repeats himself, we need to pay attention. That's right. Yes. And this is in Matthew chapter seven, and he actually says three times, "The Father who sees in secret will reward you." Mm. Three times. Mm-hmm. And it was three different things. He was talking about when you fast, when you give, when you pray. But all of those things were there. It's all about being seen, you yeah. know, yeah. giving money so people know, pray where it sounds yeah. really good. Fasting uh, so fasting, people can see Acting you. gloomy yeah. <laughs> so somebody will ask you and you seem spiritual. Right, right. And so Jesus says, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. Mm-hmm. Um. That was a big shift for me. The only relationship with God that I ever saw was what I saw in church. Mm-hmm. And yet I'd hear people do these awesome prayers and, and things, but I'd never seen a secret place time until I met the man who's been a mentor to me for over 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And he actually let me sit in a room and watch him spend time with the Lord. Wow. And I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was witnessing mm-hmm. because he was talking to God, 
he it was all out loud. He was singing some songs and he was confessing sin. He was all these things. That's pretty radical. Like, oh, it's yeah, crazy to let someone in on that. Yes, and see that. And then after he showed me that, that's when he showed me that scripture. Yeah, and he said the power of what you do in front of people comes from what you do when nobody's around. Mm. Mm. And that shifted things with me. And everybody, look, if you took me and Pastor Jason or Pastor Kevin or you, and and you looked at our time with the Lord, yeah. that we it, it all would look so differently. Different. Yeah. And sometimes you look at someone else's and go, gosh, I'm not journaling a lot. So, yeah. you know, maybe... Maybe that's why I don't have that good of a relationship with the Lord. I need to journal more. I need to do this more. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, all secret place time is, is just go be with God. Mm -hmm. I had someone ask me yesterday at a pastor's conference, uh, one of the wives, she said, um, what do you do when you go and you want to spend time with the Lord and you're just not getting anything? It's just... Lord's not speaking. Yeah. You're not nothing. You're reading is helping. She was like, "What do you do and during those times?" We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. And and this was my response. I said, "Those are my favorite, <laughs> favorite times, because you know how close you are to someone mm. when you can get in a car with them and drive for four hours and not feel the need for conversation. To not feel the need to just fill the space. Yeah. with because, you know, yeah, you're around people, yeah. you don't know them that well, or you feel like if somebody needs to be talking. Mm -hmm, it can't get quiet, mm -hmm. you know. But when you're with your husband or your wife or family or driving down the road with a sibling, you know, I, 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 my daughter even told me sometimes her and my son get in the car driving to school and they don't say a word to each other. <laughs> yeah. And that may be a little different. Well, than, no, my, my kids are that way. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably still asleep. <laughs> right. So the, the it's about being with mm -hmm. him. It's not about, I prayed this long. I read this much scripture. One lady was repenting, felt shame because she hasn't read through the whole Bible. Mm. And while she was uh, speaking, I just went over and I was like, I want to break that off of you in Jesus' yeah. name. That didn't come from God. Yes, He just wants you. Yeah. There is a yeah. process of knowing him and reading the word. I get that. Yeah. But when you put shame on yourself yeah. because you haven't read enough or prayed enough, that's not the point. That's, right. that's not a relationship. Yeah. That's just going to make you feel defeated and go the other way. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to do it. Right. Right. And uh, And it used to be expected of us, our job to mm -hmm. do that. And so God has called us into this, just being with him, mm -hmm. spending time with him. And so mine's different. I don't have a quiet time. I have a loud time with the Lord. Everything's <laughs> out like loud. That. If I'm mad, I'm mad out loud. Mm -hmm. When I'm reading scripture, I have to say it out loud. When I write things down, you know, that's probably the, pretty much the only time where I'm more quiet. But to me, I just, I have to say it out loud. Yeah. It, it does, it, if I keep it internal for me, I get distracted yeah. and I start thinking about a million other things. So I have mm -hmm. to do it out loud in order for it to actually be connected to my heart yeah. and not just some checklist that I do to make myself feel more spiritual. Right. And right. that if I do that, God's going to like me more today. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. not what this is about. Yeah. You know? That's that reminds me of our uh, when Jason was talking about prayer that uh, we pray, um, pray as we are. Not as we, not as we should. Hmm. Yeah, pray as we can, not as yeah. we can. Pray as we can, yes. not as we can. Yes. And and then I think C.S. Lewis said something similar that we come to God, we should come to God as we are, not as we ought to. Mm. And I love that because I think mm -hmm. we sometimes put we we put on airs, 
and we think that God wants to see us a certain way, yep. well, really, He just wants our hearts. Mm-hmm. He wants yep. us as we are. So, Angela, He's He's loud. Are you loud or quiet? Yeah, what are you? I'm a mix of both. <laughs> well, most of the time, I'm the only. I'm the first one up, and so I I tend to be more quiet because I don't want to wake up the household. But uh, it depends. I, in in my <laughs> when I'm in the shower, I'm loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm in the car, I can get loud. Um, yeah. yeah, it just depends on kind of You're where I'm at. Probably never loud, but I'm I'm quiet, and then I'm in my car. It's a it's a fun conversation. Yeah. It's just a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Do you talk out loud, or you sometimes? Yeah. Which used to be weird. Yeah, because you drive by people, and now it's not weird because <laughs> not they weird think you're all. on the phone. Yeah. Now nobody. you can do it. Yeah, That's back true. then you stop yeah. at a stoplight and be talking to God, and people will look over like this guy's crazy. <laughs> he is now true. they don't think anything about <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, I mean, yeah. Sometimes, like you said, I journal. Sometimes I uh, just meditate. That mm-hmm. meditating where you're just kind of okay, Lord, what do you want to say? Mm-hmm. You know, in that posture of receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, not not being the one to like you said kind of feel the need to fill the space yeah but just waiting waiting yeah. on him I think um you know love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and yeah. then all these things will be added unto you yeah and God when you read especially through Old Testaments mm-hmm. firsts mm-hmm. really matter to God a lot your firsts matter. Mm. In so many different areas, firstborn, yeah. uh, the, the your the first cow that's born, like yeah. over and over and over again, it's about first to God. Mm-hmm. And one of the shifts that I made in my life was that I, I can do a lot of things throughout the day, but what I do first matters to God. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I began to practice when I was in college. Uh, getting a music degree, vocal performance degree, one of my classes was just very scientific about the voice yeah. and yeah. the muscles and the vocal cords and the the two flaps of skin that vibrate, that make our voice. Yeah. The air comes out and then the, the um, vocal folds flap and that's how we can speak. Mm-hmm. And I just, w- the Lord reminded me of that and all that training we had to do to know the um, logistics of how your voice works. Yeah, and so one of the things I started to do was I just decided that my first every morning when m- those vocal cords flap together, mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you, Lord, before wow. I say anything else. Mm. Now that's not my time with the Lord. Yeah, and I don't feel thankful. I don't yeah. have a list of thankful. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of that. I just decided that my first mm. is going to be thank you, Lord. Wow. And it's funny because sometimes <laughs> I'll get up and brush my teeth and I'll be doing these other things. And then Stacy will come in and say, good morning. And I'll be like, thank you, Lord. Morning. <laughs> because I hadn't said anything yeah, yet. Yeah. But it's just a choice that I made. Yeah. And for some reason, that's done a that's been a good little shift for me to start my day with a thank you, Lord. And then it keeps you looking for him and everything. I love that. You know, when you start that and you give him your first. Well, you know? what you're talking about too is a, is the spiritual discipline of gratitude. You know, it is a discipline and you have to, discipline is not doing the things that we feel like doing sometimes, mm-hmm. but but turning yourself and training yourself to do what we, what we should do. Mm-hmm. So, which is yeah, having that attitude of gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, I would say this, I know we don't have a lot more time, but the um when it comes to corporate worship yeah. one of my 
uh, go-to things when I am worshiping with a lot of people Mm -hmm. in a room. Like, you know, some people think that my favorite time to lead worship is in one of our big rooms packed full of people. I actually enjoy leading worship in a room with 10, 12 people more. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, uh, I just feel like it's uh, more intimate. Mm -hmm. Everybody's more connected. Yeah. Uh, You can kind of feel, see what's going on in the room. But the story in the Bible with Paul and Silas, as they began to worship the Lord uh, about midnight after they got beat really mm-hmm. bad, they in uh, they're thrown in the bottom of the prison. Yep. This is in Thyatira. Um, and one of them mm-hmm. says to the other one, I got to let's worship. And they begin to sing to God. And, you know, this is one of the things I will say to people. They talk about the songs that we sing. None of the songs we sing, even out of the hymn book, were written back then. That's right. So they're singing completely different yeah. songs. Yeah. But they're worshiping God in a very difficult situation. And then the Bible says that God shook this entire prison and everyone's chains came off and everyone's doors flew open. To me, that is the power of corporate worship. Wow. That when we come together, in the middle of all of our hard things, and we worship God in spite of how we feel, Mm -hmm. in spite of unanswered questions, that not only does God set us free, but he sets the captives free around us. Mm -hmm. None of them were singing. None of them were worshiping, but they all got set free. So that is what I believe is the power, and that is what we as a team, Mm -hmm. when we step on a platform, we go out there going, okay, God, we're believing what you showed us in your scripture with Paul and Silas, that as we worship you, you're going to set everyone free. And that is what I I think if you get a room full of people knowing that, Mm -hmm. that you know what, this guy next to me, he this is his first time even coming to church. Mm. Not a clue what's going on. So I'm going to worship. It's kind of like Pastor Jason's thing about you can borrow my faith. Yes, yeah. I look I at that the same way. You can borrow my worship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lift up the name Jesus, and and we're gonna we're gonna believe that God's gonna set the person next to me free. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful worship is. Yeah. It's not just about us. Yeah, no, that's corporate right. worship. That's right. And I think Pastor Jason says this a lot that you know Bethlehem Church. We are about we are all about the Word and worship. Those two foundations, you know, that's that's what we yep. that's what we teach here. He says it's the it's the secret sauce. Yes, the and secret sauce. It's so simple. It. That's it. It's so simple. Yeah. Worshiping the word. Worshiping the Don't word. Don't deviate. That's Stay right. Stay to that. That's it. Well, and you, you know, and and I know you are you don't like to get a lot of credit and and you know, shine the light on you at all. You always point it back to Jesus, but thankful for you for the for the culture that you've helped establish here. You've established a worship culture, you and the worship team, all the worship leaders here, that that is so much a part of our church. Mm. And so I'm just thankful for mm. you for that um, and Me just too. how God has used you. For- I- I'm thankful for Chevis. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm thankful for <laughs> yeah, Ryan McCain, yes. Jacob Dickinson, yep. Chloe Pinnell, yes. like these worship leaders that God is bringing here who have such powerful spiritual intensity yep. with deep relationships with the Lord, with a desire to lead people yeah. to yeah. the throne of God. And they're humble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, I, I'm just so thankful for them. They make me look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you guys all all do. It's it's great. It's it's really powerful to see. But you're right. It's like that. God's bringing these young young leaders with talent, mm-hmm. but also 
the right heart, mm-hmm. the right attitude. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we have one, we have time for one more question. Okay. What is God teaching you about worship right now? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think, um, and this is recent, so I may get emotional. Okay. All the fresh stuff hits me different, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I'm in this place in my life of realizing um, when we stand before God, I, I, I don't know, for some reason it just keeps, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to see him face to face one day. Mm-hmm. And, and I see him everywhere now yeah. in and through people, but I'm going to see him face to face. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the one who died on the cross for me. I'm going to see him, yeah. you know? And so I went and I was reading through what Revelation says and what that's going to look like. And it talks about, you know, one of the first things we're going to do is lay our crowns down before mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. I always felt that um, my job is to accumulate as many crowns as I can on the earth so that I have a lot to give Jesus when I get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the older I'm getting, the more I realize that it's not about accumulating crowns. It's about the fact that when you're standing before God mm. and you see him face to face, your crowns don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And you throw them down. <laughs> and that in the presence of God, all of my accomplishments and wins and titles, mm-hmm. they just go up in a puff of smoke and they look ridiculous yeah. in the presence of God. And I realized how much I have hidden behind my my accomplishments and my wins mm. and my titles. And yet in his presence, they don't matter. And And please, those of you listening, don't get me wrong. Don't hear me saying I don't matter. Yeah. My accomplishments don't matter. And that's what made me realize how much more I matter to him. Mm-hmm. That none of that matters to him. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You do. Yes. We matter to him. And that when those crowns are thrown down and all of our accomplishments are realized to be futile, mm-hmm. then our sin is exposed. And I realize that. I'm so good at covering my struggles with my accomplishments, and it keeps people from getting too close to those things. Mm -hmm. And yet God wants that. He wants, so I can't hide behind my accomplishments. My sin is exposed, and then all I want to do is lay down before a holy God, and that he sent his son to set me free from those things. So Mm -hmm. that's that's the fresh place in my life of there is no corporate ladder, there is no title to attain, Mm -hmm. there is no bigger crowd to be in front of, even in the process of Bethlehem going to a new venue where there's going to be more people. In the scheme of things, we are about reaching people and seeing people saved, but when it comes to standing before God, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. That's right. You don't get to wear a Bethlehem badge. (laughs) <laughs> when you stand before God and him go, oh, you were in that yeah, church? Yeah. Well, you get to go here. No, That's not yeah. how this works. No. And it's just just fine-tuning some own personal things in my life mm-hmm. and setting things straight between me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's about throwing those things down now. Yeah. And that it's not about one day, mm-hmm. but right now mm-hmm. to walk out 
living a life in the presence of God, that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, the Helper, is here to help me and with me and on me and in me, and mm-hmm. that that I can live looking for God with the Holy Spirit in me, saying, "Yes, do that." Oh, don't do that. Hey, you need to talk to this person. You need to repent. You need to forgive. You need to ask forgiveness. And living that way is what we're called to do. But in order for us to truly walk in the power of Mm -hmm. that Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, we have to throw our crowns first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First. And then that exposes dealing with that sin and then walk out in that holiness. Mm. And that is truly looking for God in everything. In everything. <laughs> yep. Wow. Well, Joel, thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. For... I love your podcast. Well. <laughs> you, listen, you do such a good job. <laughs> well, thank you. Really thankful for what you do and the and the messages that you get out. You're really good at this. Thank you. And I uh, have fun. Yeah. I've got a great team and we have a lot of fun doing well, this. So I thank can you. tell. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we I I I don't want this conversation to end because you're you're blessing me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, we could keep going. Mm. We'll have you back. We'll have you back on here, and we'll to. talk about worship some more because mm-hmm. it is like you, like you said, you know, it's the secret sauce, and um, you know, it is. It's not going away. Worship is never going to go away, so mm-hmm. we're going to keep talking about it. So, mm-hmm. and, thank you. and and want to make myself available. Yeah. Anybody listening to this, you got questions? Email me. My yeah. Email's on the website. Yep. You can email any of our worship leaders if you have questions. We we want to help. Yeah. We want to help yeah. walk through this with you. That's right. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you. So yeah, love you for too. You. Thank you. And as always, thank you for our listeners. We're so, so thankful for you. This podcast would not be here without you listening, subscribing, sharing, liking, uh, giving us ratings on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Thank you. Thank you for your support. We love you guys. If you have any questions at all about this podcast or any other episodes that we've done or ideas for episodes, we're always, always willing and, and love to hear from you guys. So email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us. And as always, we love you, thank you, and we will see you next time on Beyond Sunday.